welcome to Nathan for Us, a Nathan for You podcast. My name is Kelly. And hi, I'm Megan. Today we are here, finally, to talk about one of my favorite episodes of the show, definitely of the season, episode five, Haunted House slash The Hunk. Unbelievable episode. So I think something that I found really interesting in this rewatch is I only remembered this episode as The Hunk, and I think The Hunk is universally beloved, but I think that the Haunted House segment really doesn't get enough love, and we can dive into it, but man, it's really, really good, and I forgot how great it was. This episode, specifically the very, very beginning, is one of the moments in the show that I can rewatch and rewatch, and it never fails to make me laugh. So I'm so happy that we're covering this right now. Just, just absolutely front to back, an amazing episode. If you have not watched Nathan for you, this is one of the ones I like to turn people onto as kind of like a good intro because I think it's very fun, it's really silly, and it's easy to follow. Yeah, I also noticed the first scene as well. And all I wrote in my notes was like, brilliant opening. Do you want to explain it? Yeah, so essentially we have our regular show opening. And then we zoom in and there's a woman. She's standing. She's eating some french fries and she's talking to the camera person. And as she's talking, we see Nathan creeping up behind her and he scares her. Because, as he says, there's nothing people like more than being scared. Oh my god, it's so funny. That transition is so good. Um, Do you like being scared? I know you're a big fan of scary movies. I am a big, like, horror movie person. I love horror books as well. Like, I read a lot of Stephen King and stuff like that. So I, I definitely do like being scared. I think you're a little bit more apprehensive about spooky stuff than I am, right? Yeah, so I, like you enjoy listening to like true crime podcasts. Um, I've been getting more into scary movies. Um, I think just when I was little, I had been really scared. The the movie Beetlejuice like (laughs) traumatized me when I was little. Um, Actually, as an adult, I was going through like Rogers on Demand one day and I saw Beetlejuice listed as a comedy and I've never been more confused in my life. So clearly I don't remember what happened in it. But I just remember being so scared and then just pretty much never watching a scary movie again. And then as an adult, I've gone back and watched some and and I'm like, oh, these aren't actually very scary. It's fine. So I think in general, scary movies are fine. I really don't like jump scares. My boyfriend and I were living um, in Kingston and the house we were at had a back door and a front door, but the back door was a punch code. And the battery was really low on it. So sometimes it would work and sometimes it didn't. So we had all the groceries at the back and he said, okay, um, you run around and open the door and like, let me in. So I said, okay, because it wasn't working. So I went run around and I guess while I had run around, he got the door to open. So he decided to sneak in and hide. So then when I was coming back to unlock the door for him, He jumped out and grabbed me, and I've never been so scared in my whole life. I think I just burst into tears, and I'm like an adult, so I I had like a hard no jump scare rule. I don't think he's ever felt so bad in his life, because I like genuinely was just terrified, Um, so I really hate jump scares. Well, I remember not too long ago, you had texted me asking if 
you were in the right because I, I think didn't didn't he scare you in your house and then you kick you kicked him in the the genital area, I believe, right? That was an accident. Oh man, I completely forgot about this. Yeah, we got into a real fight about this. He jumped up and he jumped out and scared me and I like just kind of instinctively kicked out and he got really mad at me for kicking him. Oh man, I completely forgot about that. He was so mad. And I was like, I didn't mean to, but also you jumped out and we've been through this. You shouldn't scare me. So yeah, uh, I'm anti-jump scare. Yeah, Connor, you're on notice. No more jump scares. <laughs> we recently moved, so now we're actually in like a bigger house where there would actually be a lot more spots to hide. Um, so I'm really hoping that this is a thing that doesn't come back. After hearing Nathan say that there's nothing that people like more than being scared, we're introduced to Bruce Stanton, who owns the Reign of Terror haunted house in Thousand Oaks, California. Brucey! Bruce does not want to hear anything that Nathan has to say that's a negative. He thinks his haunted house is great. So I don't really know why he signed up for the show, because I assume that by signing up, you are actively seeking business advice. Yeah, it's it's very odd that he's so, like, against all of this. I feel like he must have just wanted the publicity, right? Definitely. And I also think that Nathan was really trying to push his button. So in a previous episode, we had Tyler Barnett, who Nathan had reached out to for some PR. And we see that that is the first situation that Nathan and someone on the show are like actively disagreeing with each other. And in that situation, Tyler's really throwing a lot of um, like shots at Nathan as well. Here, I really feel like Nathan's provoking Bruce and Bruce, I think, holds his composure very well. Yeah, I mean, Nathan is really negging this guy, Mm -hmm. uh, which is which is fantastic for us to watch. But yeah, poor Bruce. I feel like he didn't know what, what was coming to him when he signed up here. Yeah, so the conversation starts off where Nathan is asking, what is the best PR that a haunted house can get? And Bruce says that someone is so scared that they pee their pants. And Nathan says, no, um, when someone is so scared that they sue you for the haunted house being too scary. But Bruce doesn't want to get sued and he also doesn't want like anyone to be that scared yeah this this i like could not stop laughing because i was like oh my god we're back to pee again for the second time in this season we're back on the pee train i literally wrote maybe a good opportunity to tack on a pee selling business (laughs) (laughs) so um Nathan and Bruce kind of go back and forth a little bit, and Nathan is saying that his haunted house currently could only get press for being the least scary haunted house. And he says uh, the haunted house is called Reign of Terror, but it should be called Reign of Terror, where pussies go to relax. Uh, Or would you prefer Reign of Terror? You're probably going to die. And all I wrote is that Bruce is being surprisingly chill. (laughs) Yeah, he's just, I think he kind of has accepted that, like, okay, I signed up for this show, and I think I'm going to have to just go along with it, even though I don't like it. Okay, do we think um, this is a good idea? I mean, okay, so let's just set up exactly what, what Nathan wants to do here. So Nathan basically wants to create publicity for the haunted house by having people come in and it being so scary 
that they sue Bruce and Reign of Terror, and then that will create, like, a big publicity that, like, oh my god, these people thought they were gonna die, so they had to sue the haunted house, it is too scary, we need to go to it. And personally, I kind of get the appeal. Like, we both watch the show Hot Ones, and they have these, like, super hot hot sauces that people eat on that show, and my thought is always, like, I do want to try the hot sauce, even though you're watching people talk about how it's so hot and spicy and bad. So I'm like, maybe I would go to a haunted house if I, if I really heard that it was so scary someone sued. I think this is genius. I guess the only asterisk I would have on it is how much money could you sue a business for for being too scary? I assume not that much. Because if it's like you're getting sued for a lot of money, all right. Uh, I get it. That's not a good business approach. But if it's like, okay, you pay 500 bucks or the case gets thrown out, I think that's for sure worth it. Yeah, I think we should have maybe grabbed one of our many lawyer friends to ask about how this would work. But I do believe in the US, it's a lot easier to sue people and you can kind of sue for anything. And I think you can get more money. But then you also have to pay the lawyers. I, I don't know. Yeah, and we will get into the lawyer that they have hired here because he is a multi-talented individual, so I'm sure he's not cheap. So then we have Nathan who fully explains his idea to Bruce, and Bruce is like, fine, okay, you can try this for one day and see how it goes. We hear that it takes Nathan a week of preparation, and then to explain to us his idea, we just get shown a couple Mo and Amara going through the house, and they are the first people to enter the haunted house for this experiment. Yeah, and they seem really nice. They're super excited to go into the haunted house. It was just very wholesome couple here until um, stuff starts going wrong. So they're going through the haunted house, and we get a montage of them being scared by different people jumping out and all that. And then at one point... There's two people dressed up and they're chanting like mommy and coming close to the couple. And one of them kind of brushes Amara's neck. And a little bit further on in the haunted house, Nathan comes out and grabs them and starts apologizing. And he's like, oh, sorry. His Canadian fully comes out. He apologizes so many times. And he's like, sorry, sorry. We got to stop the haunted house for a minute. And they go into a little bit of like an office area that they clearly have at Reign of Terror. And he starts explaining that, you know, one of the actresses, she touched you and she has this autoimmune disease called Klein's disease, which we are now worried might have been contracted to you. Yes. So the actress who, who's in the haunted house, she starts explaining how sorry she is and that normally she wears her glasses but wasn't wearing them and overshot her hand and she seems very panicked. Um, and I thought that for us in all of our glasses talk, that's probably just kind of relatable and probably a half decent excuse. Oh, totally, totally. And the funniest part to me about all of this is that the couple starts asking like the correct questions. Like they're like, why would they hire this person if she has this disease where if she accidentally touches someone, they're going to get it. <laughs> Yeah, definitely the right questions to ask. Amara, her response to Mo is, I don't know, the American Disabilities <laughs> Act. I did not look into that, did you? I didn't. I, I was like, yeah, you know what, that, that tracks for me, I guess. But I like that, that Amara was like, no, I'm on her side. Like, no matter what disease she has, she deserves to follow her dreams. And her dreams are to work in Reign of Terror Haunted House. 
Now, this couple is so sweet, and we can get into how much I stand Mo later, but um, they, they're pretty calm throughout this whole process. Nate comes back and explains, you know, we're going to need to bring you to a hospital and get you checked out. They have paramedics come in and reiterate that. They continuously say it's really only an issue if it touches any sort of open wound or orifice, which she clearly doesn't have (laughs) anything on the back of her neck. But when they ask her that, she's like, oh, I don't know. I never look back there. And I was like, you're chill. (laughs) That's the correct answer. (laughs) And then I realized I also never look at the back of my neck and wonder what sort of uh, cuts could be back there. Yeah, what's going on back there? We don't even know. (laughs) Yeah, got to get it checked out. I'll take a look in the mirror later tonight, make sure that the back of my neck is all good. Everyone, go home, check the back of your neck, or I guess everyone's already at home. Just every once in a while, glance back there and make sure you're doing okay. Yeah, I feel like check all of the areas that you don't often look at. Like, as discussed, the underbutt, that's another area you should check out. Make sure everything's okay. <laughs> That'd be so hard. <laughs> Everyone go look at all these weird spots in the mirror just to make sure you're okay. <laughs> um, so, yes, the paramedics come and they grab the couple and they start transporting them to the hospital. And one of the paramedics is explaining that, you know... This Klein's disease is basically a step below AIDS. And everyone's kind of like, well, that sounds pretty serious now that you're describing it like that. Yeah, Mo, uh, and amongst all of this, they're all still in very close proximity to each other. If I learned that someone had this potential disease that could be spread by touching each other, I think I'd just take like, 10 big steps backwards. I'd be like, I'll follow you in my car. I'll meet you at the hospital. Call me on my phone. So I did look into Klein's disease a bit because I was like, well, I've never heard of that. And I do know about public health and communicable diseases. And as I thought, this is not a real disease. Um, It looks like it was just kind of made up by the show. Though there is a syndrome called Klein-Levin syndrome, but this is a genetic disorder, which is very wild um, and characterized by hypersomnia and also hyperphagia, which for people who don't know, that's when you just can't stop eating, and hypersexuality. So people who have this actual Klein-Levin syndrome basically sleep all the time or are always sleepy, are always hungry, and are always horny. Whoa. That is a, That would be a lot to deal with all at once. Yeah. Most patients sleep 15 to 21 hours a day during episodes of this, so. Everyone at home that's just been, like, sleeping all day has to Google if they have this. But, yes, yeah, so not to worry. If you go to a haunted house and someone accidentally brushes you, you're not going to get Klein's disease, the autoimmune disorder that was made up in Nathan for you. Phew. I think we can all sleep a little sounder tonight. (laughs) So they arrive at the hospital and they get a message that they need to go around to a separate entrance and not enter the main entrance of the hospital. Yeah, which that is extremely alarming. And I would be so nervous if I was the patient and they're like, oh, yeah, we have to go to a side area that I've never even been to. And I'm a paramedic like that is red flag city. Oh, I would not be concerned at all. (laughs) Really? I'd be like, oh, it's probably busy over there. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, now I don't have to see as many people, which is ideal for being near a hospital. 
and be like, yeah, let's take the back entrance. So they arrive to the hospital, pulling into the side entrance. They open the doors, and there's these doctors who are in, like, full-on hazmat suits. Oh, man, this is hilarious. So Nathan starts freaking out and starts yelling, if that's what they're wearing, then why don't we have anything on? Like, we all have this now. And he starts running around the doctors trying to unzip unzip their suits and, like, expose them, and they're pushing Nathan off. And while all this is happening, Mo jumps down and is like, everyone needs to calm down and start explaining everything because the doctors are saying that they need to go here for their first check, and then after that check's done, they have to go do a second one inside. And Mo is just like, guys, no one is going anywhere until you know, until you tell me what's going on. Look, she's touching me too. He's like grabbing his girlfriend, being like, we need to figure this out before before anything is done. And can I just say, damn, that is a good boyfriend. Like, holy shit. So they decide, okay, why don't we just step outside, chat for a second, because they're in like this big plastic tented area. So they unzip it and they step out. And when they exit, there is a sign there that says haunted house exit. And they both just start laughing and they say, oh, that was different. (laughs) They take it so well. Yeah, they're basically just like, well, that was weird, but fun, I guess. And Nathan introduces them to Peter Marks, who's a lawyer. And he's basically like, you can immediately sue if you would like. Yeah, they are not interested in suing, but he kind of explains that they could technically sue for intentional infliction of emotional distress or even uh, negligent infliction of emotional distress. And he, he gives them his card and they kind of send them on their way. And then they go through a little bit of a montage of a few other sets of people going through the haunted house and they redo this skit. I think a really notable one is on their way to the ambulance, this kid is calling his mom, explaining he needs to go to the hospital. (laughs) It's so awkward. And I can't, I can't imagine his mom was stoked to hear that, you know, your kid goes to a haunted house and is suddenly like, I have to go to a hospital because I might have contracted almost AIDS. (laughs) I think this whole skit is pure genius. I think it is so good and so creative. And I don't think any other haunted house in the world has ever tried to do something like this. It's so inventive. And I completely understand that it would be way too expensive to maintain and to realistically do often. Um, But maybe you could do it as a big group of people and you kind of have to announce to the room like this has spread throughout the haunted house or there might be a a fun way to do it instead of just having two people where you have this whole crew of actors needing to tailor to them. But the more I talk about this, the higher rank this gets for me on like the overall scheme of the episodes and the different bits. This is just suddenly so high for me. I think it's genius. (laughs) It's so funny to me because this episode really brings up like an interesting question that I think we can discuss, which is the difference between fear and very, very intense anxiety. Because, Mm. like, 
what they're going through, I feel like it's not really like fear. Um, I think you would have anxiety as well, but I kind of think that those go very hand in hand. It's not like a jump scare, which is very typical in a haunted house, but this was absolutely genius. I think it's one of the best things he came up with throughout the whole show. I think it's executed flawlessly. Like at no point did anyone that at least they showed say, oh, this is fake or think that it was a joke. And at the end, it seems like everyone laughed and immediately jumped back into it and then was able to reflect and say, like, that was really amazing. Yeah, the only person who is not into this idea is, unfortunately, Bruce, who absolutely hates this. I wish he loved it. I wish he loved it and wanted to keep doing it and thought it was genius like us. Um, it was really too bad. He, I, I'm wondering, I'm like, did he see the footage? It was great. Yeah. I think maybe Bruce is a bit of a haunted house purist. Bruce says that Nathan took a good haunted house and didn't make it any better. And Nathan explains, well, I'm just trying to get you press. And, um, that the scariest thing about the haunted house was Bruce's terrible manners. (laughs) but but don't worry because when someone's rude you can't take it personally you just have to keep going which in some cases I definitely think you can take someone being rude to you personally not every situation but at least some of them yeah definitely definitely not in this case but I think there are some people who uh maybe maybe we're getting a little personal with Nathan later on in the series yeah all right Give us that sweet, sweet update. Yeah, I mean, I have a few things, actually, that I, I want to chat about before we get into the update. The first is that our friend who played the paramedic, his name is Adrian Bustamante the second. Um, he has a somewhat prolific IMDb, so... I just want to run through a couple other things he's been in. It does seem like he has been a little bit typecast as, like, being a paramedic and being a cop. Um, he was also a paramedic on The Bold and the Beautiful for an episode, so good for him. And he was on an episode of the TV show Sex Sent Me to the ER. Oh my god, hilarious. I also have his IMDb page uh, pulled up, and he was in an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I saw that this year. Yeah, so it, I'm assuming it hasn't come out yet, but they must have filmed it, which is just, this guy's really doing it. There's so many people, and I think it's an immediate giveaway when you open up the Nathan For You IMDb page. Anyone who has a photo with their name, you're like, oh, wow, why would they have a photo if they were only on Nathan For You? And that's when it's exciting to click through and see how many of these random people who you think are just um, like extras or people who are trying to attend the facility are actually actors. I guess the, the paramedic, it's clear that Nathan hired them to be an actor. Yeah, he, he seems like an interesting dude. Good for him. Proud of him. Um, he was also on an episode of Jimmy Kimmel. And in terms of our update on the actual haunted house, I'm sure everyone is wondering, okay, but can I go to Reign of Terror? And the answer is you can... Not currently because of COVID, but they are still open. I wonder if Bruce is still the owner. That's a great question. I'm looking at like some of the reviews on Google. They have a 4.7 with 191 reviews, which is... That's really good. 
Yeah. Um, it's been running for 21 years, and apparently it's won, like, a bunch of awards as well. Yeah, next time we're out in Thousand Oaks, I think we should definitely seek this out. It does look like, I think Bruce is still the owner, um, just doing, like, a quick scroll through. So that's pretty sweet. And I clicked on their fact just to, like, read a little bit, and it is also wheelchair accessible. So we love That's that. Nice. Yeah, yeah, we love that. So good for them. Keep up the great work, Reign of Terror Haunted House. And hopefully once COVID is over, you will reopen and have tons of visitors. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we can head out there one day. One fun thing that I found about Peter Marks, our friend the lawyer, is that he also is a voice actor. So he has, like, a demo reel of him doing voiceovers for a bunch of different commercials. He did one for, like, Audible. He did a bunch of different ones. And he's pretty good. Like, I was actually really impressed. We can definitely link to his little commercial demo, but it's it's really good. And he, there's contact information on his website. So I don't know if we have any voiceover work we might want done but we could we could reach out to peter and get him to do it have him listen to this podcast and replace me for the episode be like just say (laughs) megan's part again and be her this time once we get that sponsorship from um can what was it canjin water he can do the commercial for us ah that would be good maybe we can have him like just say say a review about us once so segment number two, this this is the one, right? Like this is one of the top segments, I think, in Nathan for you. So I think it is one of my favorite segments in terms of entertainment, but I do think it is very low on originality, which maybe later we can discuss like the ranking factors because this is essentially just copying The Bachelor. Totally, yeah. Yeah, so this is the hunk, of course. Nathan says, when you look at me, you see a guy who has it all, but really a large part of me is immature and underdeveloped, especially with women. And so in order to combat this issue, Nathan decides he needs to kind of do immersion therapy so that he stops being so nervous around women. He needs to date a bunch of them all at once. So the only thing I have to say at the beginning of this, is I'm fairly certain he was married during this segment. I also thought that, and that would make sense um, for something that happens that we'll get into a little bit later. So Nathan was briefly married to a children's librarian named Sarah Joy Zilowska, and they ended up filing for a divorce in 2015. Um, But I haven't been able to find their marriage start date, I guess. But you'd have to date for a while, get married, learn to hate each other, and then get divorced. So I'm fairly certain he was in a relationship during this. But let's just chat really quickly about all the camera angles of this first segment. So while he was talking about all the rejection he received uh, growing up, he'll kind of start to walk in a straight line and then turn and the camera will follow him. And I thought it was just a really engaging way to, to keep everyone listening to his story and explaining why he's awkward, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, for sure. And he pulls this off very well, too, just kind of like with the way that he explains his awkwardness and issues with women. 
So he decides that a way he can overcome this fear is immersion therapy, where you overwhelm yourself with the thing you're afraid of in order to overcome it. So to overcome this fear, he's decided that he should date 10 women at the same time. And all of this overexposure to flirting and how to to chat with women um, will have him emerge less afraid of it. Yeah, so he needs to figure out how to cast 10 women that he's going to date. So naturally, his first idea is that he's going to try and make a move on someone that he works with. I don't know if this is a really the best idea, but what do you think? Um, I mean, for this specific person, she explains that she's in a relationship, so he moves on quickly. But what do you think about dating coworkers in general? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, I don't want to be a hypocrite and say that I think it's a terrible idea because I have definitely dated my fair share of coworkers. But in that same vein, I am now engaged to someone that I did not meet at work. So that's all I'll say on that. (laughs) What do you think? I think it depends um, because obviously if it works out, it can be great. You get to hang out with them a bunch. But uh, if it doesn't work out, that's horrible. I haven't fully dated someone that I work with, but I have like been on dates or like been interested in people that I've worked with. I'm like trying to have some flashbacks right now, but I think it's in general (laughs) turned out fine. Like all the people that I had worked with, I'm still friends with today. So it it wasn't so bad. On the flip side, I am not friends with any of the people that I dated that I worked with. Well, there you go. Date coworkers at your own risk. We do not have the answer for you. And if you have a fun coworker dating story, write us in. I do, and this is this might be um, me like forcing this story into this conversation, but I think it's really funny. So this actually came up very recently. Oh, it came up. So there's a new story circulating currently about a guy named Jason Collier. And he has two wives, three fiancés, and 15 girlfriends. If you haven't read the story, go look him up. It's absolutely wild. I have no idea how anyone could manage to date that many people at the same time, manage their time amongst the people they're dating, keep their stories straight, text everyone enough that they feel like you're actually dating them, let alone seeing them. It's absolutely wild. He needs to get on some sort of reality show immediately. But because of this, so maybe maybe don't don't try to date 10 people at once. Um, but maybe to get over your fear, it's good. <laughs> um, so while we were looking at this story, Kelly and I remembered that when we were working at Candace Wonderland, there was one guy who worked there. <laughs> oh my God. Who was legitimately dating two of his coworkers at the exact same time. He made two separate Facebook profiles, and on each different profile, he had it listed that he was dating one of them. So if, I feel like this might only apply to people in high school relationships, but if you've ever made yourself in a relationship with someone on Facebook, he did this uh, twice with different people. And it's just insane. I can't believe he got away with this. Having watched a lot of Catfish, I'm assuming he blocked the other people from his profile. I I don't know how someone didn't tell on him immediately because I was friends with both profiles and was like, wait, something's wrong here. 
I did recently have something not like similar, similar, but I'm a big like, this is probably why actually everyone that I've ever worked with and dated has ended poorly, but I am like a big avoider of people that I had weird romantic (laughs) entanglements with. And there is a guy who I had had some adult sleepovers with um, back in university, and he worked at a brewery that I really wanted to go to, but I didn't want to go because he worked in the tap room, and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to see him, it's gonna be so awkward, like, we had really bad ending to this whole thing, so I've been avoiding going there, and I just recently learned that he doesn't work there anymore, and I'm not even kidding, it was, like, one of the most exciting pieces of news I've gotten in 2021 i have so many questions about who it is i don't know who you're talking about i feel like i should know exactly who you're talking about (laughs) well we'll talk about it off mic (laughs) as soon as uh covid's over it's the first bar we're going to oh 100 and then we're gonna show up and he's actually still gonna work there and i'm gonna be like fuck me (laughs) we'll just wear disguises we'll wear a beard or we'll go inside hidden inside of a game (laughs) We'll borrow librarian's quest so that we can go and try out the brewery. (laughs) Okay, should we dive into tactic number two to meet women? Yes, totally. So So Nathan goes to a smoothie shop and he orders a smoothie. I guess then he separately goes and gets a tray and lots of little cups. He divvies out his smoothie into these little samples stands outside of the smoothie place and starts offering them to, I assume, only women. Um, (laughs) So we see one girl walk up. uh, He offers her the sample. She takes it. And he explains that he doesn't actually work there. And he's just trying to use this as a way to introduce himself to people, which must be the most awkward moment of her whole life. Because as she's walking away, she keeps asking, like, you really don't work here? Um... (laughs) And I think at that point, you don't drink the smoothie. <laughs> no. no, you definitely don't drink the smoothie. And I think you probably uh, immediately call the local law enforcement. Oh, man, I feel like it'd be such an awkward conversation. And it's like, okay, well, what are you what are you doing then? I don't know. It's so cringy. It's great. And he tries a third tactic after this, which is that he gets a cute dog and essentially tries to use the cute dog to lure in women. And this would definitely work on me better than the smoothie. Oh, this would for sure work because it it seems less like a ploy and you're also not asking a stranger to consume something under false pretenses. So you can see Nathan walking around with this adorable dog. There's this cute little girl who gets so excited and then flashes to him doing bicep curls with the dog, which is really <laughs> funny. Um, But at some point, he realizes that more of the women are coming up because he has this TV crew behind him. So he realizes that that might be a much better idea of how he can meet women um, by giving them the opportunity to be on TV with him. Yes. So he's like, all right, I'm going to post an ad online for a fake reality TV show and cast 10 women just via the TV show. So he puts it up on Craigslist and is able to get the 10 women. He also hires a host, Anthony Napoli, and they rent a $5,000 a night mansion. 
So something that's fun to note is that nobody is aware that this is a fake show. The host doesn't know it's a fake show. The contestants don't know it's fake. And, you know, will they find love? Will they find their soulmate? I guess we'll find out. (laughs) I think that's what they wanted, but they certainly got something else. Is the hunk a good name? Oh my gosh, it's such a good name. Yeah, 100%. I think it's a fantastic name. If you found this really funny, there's another Bachelor spinoff called Burning Love that's also hilarious and definitely worth a watch. Um, Yeah, this was great. I love the graphic that they made for it. His face is like very dramatically cartooned with like the really aggressive cut in on his cheekbones. He looks like handsome Squidward a little bit. (laughs) Little handsome Squidward vibes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They play some loving music and Anthony comes out and he's just like chit-chatting with Nathan while they wait for the limo to pull up so they can start introducing the women. Now, Nathan sees Anthony and starts to question if he actually wants Anthony to be near him while he meets the women. Because as he notes, uh, Anthony is very handsome and he decides that he wants probably Anthony to wait inside. So to this, to this, Anthony says, don't worry, you're the hunk. I'm the host. The women won't notice me. Like, I'm just here to introduce you. And Nathan starts asking Anthony a series of questions. Yeah. So he asks Anthony how many women he slept with, to which Anthony says, not that many. Do we have like a gauge for what we think not that many could mean? Like, do we think that's like, like 20, like 40? What is not that many? I think it depends on the person, you know? I think not that many, to me, would probably be, like, two or three people. Um, Not that many to, I don't know, some other people. I feel like no one would say 40 and say, like, oh, yeah, not that many. (laughs) Yes, and then he follows up that question by asking if Anthony has ever had a threesome. And Anthony has had a threesome, apparently. Yeah, we can discuss who we think that threesome was with maybe a little (laughs) bit later, but it is confirmed he has had a threesome and this is too much for Nathan. He's like, okay, yeah, you you definitely got to go inside. Yeah, you can't be, you can't be out here at all. (laughs) If you were coming to meet Nathan and you met Anthony instead, would you go for Anthony? Well, okay, there's a few things. Do I know Nathan is Nathan? No. (laughs) Do I know anything about either of them beforehand? No, you you don't know anything. Based on their personalities. If I have signed up for a dating show to meet a specific person, I think we have learned you do not go for the host or anyone on production, and that is very much frowned upon. So I would show up and I would go for the person I'm supposed to go for, I think. Fair enough. You're all in on the hunk. I'm all in on this hunk, yeah. Them cheekbones, those lips. (laughs) The way he smells the roses in the B-roll that we see. Oh, yes. We get our first limo arrival, and this one is Emily. She's 22, and she's from Toledo. She's very bubbly. She's excited. She's wearing a zebra print dress, and she seems very nice, very sweet girl. I thought her entrance was terrible. I give her very low marks for this. Yeah, she was very awkward. She kind of said, oh, I'm having fun. Are you, Emily? Are you having fun? (laughs) Because they're just awkwardly standing there. 
The Bachelor existed at this point. These ladies knew what they were signing up for. You gotta bring it in that intro. Where is your magic trick? Where's your fun costume? Yeah, I I do wish that there was more, like, crazy limo entrances like we get on The Bachelor, but what can you do? Offhand, Nathan would have responded very well to a magic trick. Yeah, we, we know he loves magic. He does some later in the episode. Yes, we will definitely get to that. So then we see a sequence of the other women entering. One woman brings a suitcase. And I had a lot more questions about, <laughs> did the other women not bring a suitcase? Did she have a funny bit about the suitcase? Why didn't we see the suitcase woman? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm wondering if they told them it was going to be like a couple days, maybe. It's, it's really hard to say. We need to find the Craigslist ad that they posted. Yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, it wouldn't still be up. Is Craigslist... Do they have anything other than Craigslist in America? Um, I think Craigslist is the main one. I can hear you typing. You're you're on the hunt. Oh no. You have your I... magnifying glass up. <laughs> I have regrets. Oh no. Oh, did you look up like males seeking ten women to date? I literally Googled What did you Google? I Googled Craigslist the hunk. Oh my gosh. The first thing that comes up is from xvideos.com, gay hunk, bareback, Craigslist. Whoa. Craigslist, muscle gay porn videos. Um, yeah, maybe I should have done this off mic. <laughs> <laughs> On the mic, always. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, so if, um, you know, you've been sleepy and horny and hungry, you know what to Google. So, yeah, we get a couple of other funny little things while people are entering the mansion. One of the women says that she loves a man in a great suit. So that's nice. Um, Nathan makes sure to tell one of the women that there are snacks inside, which is what I really would have been interested in. Yeah, definitely. I think that at least on The Bachelor, these first nights filming last like a really, really long time. Like they're like 12 hours or something. So we go inside with all the women and Nathan meets up with Anthony again for a minute. And he's like, yeah, you got to go, Anthony. Go wait in the in the room. You can't be here. So Nathan and Anthony are on the stairs looking down at the women all standing there. And Anthony is explaining that they get to have a wonderful evening getting to know Nathan. And Nathan starts whispering to Anthony, asking him to leave and saying, oh, no, you, like, you can't be here. Like, you need to go. And Anthony's like, again, man, again? He's like, yeah, you, you got to get out of here. So it flashes to all of uh, the girls and Nathan, like, do, uh, doing shots, taking drinks, playing all these games. And it looks really fun, actually. It seems like a really fun evening. And then it cuts to Anthony sitting alone on the stairs. Yeah, poor Anthony. Which was... So sad, but also very hilarious. It then cuts to Nathan is sitting by a water fountain with three women, telling them how Anthony had a threesome with two guys. So at this point, we get Nathan kind of talking about the fact that he starts realizing that a couple of the women might not be here for, in Bachelor terms, the right reasons. And it cuts to Lauren Ashley, who's 26 and from Atlanta, talking about her Christian music album that's coming out later this year, and she repeats that multiple times. 
I mean, it made us look her up. So is it good advertising? I mean, I didn't look her up while watching the episode only because of this podcast. So I wonder if it actually helped her Christian music album in any way, shape or form. I will say there are a lot of comments on her YouTube channel that are like, I'm here because of Nathan for you. So clearly I think it did. It did help her out a bit. It is one of the first lines in her Instagram bio saying that she was on Nathan for you. I I would be my Instagram bio as well. So she was definitely there for the wrong reasons. I think we can agree. Yes, she's definitely there for the wrong reasons. We get Zoya up next, who's 26 and from Belarus. And Nathan is basically like, okay, are you in love with me? And she's like, well, I don't know. Like, I just met you. And Nathan says to her, well, I'm going to have to eliminate you if you're not in love with me. And then she says, okay, actually, yes, I am in love with you. Hilarious. And, like, probably very accurate to The Actual Bachelor. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, well, I'd hate to have to eliminate you so soon, but maybe I should ask again. She's like, oh, oh, do I love you? Oh, yes, I love you. And I was like, oh, my God, girl. (laughs) Do we think Zoya is here for the right reasons? I actually liked her, and I thought she was one of the more fun women that stood out, but... Uh, I don't know if if you were on the show and I know it's really hard to put yourself in this situation and this is what went down would you have been like oh no wait I do love you I really don't like losing I'm like very competitive so I would probably be like yep I'm in love with you I'd be like I love your shirt I love your roses, cheekbones, lips. I would just start listing things that I love about him. (laughs) In our next little confessional, we also get a woman who wants to tell us all about her water, which this was very out of left field. Break it down, resident scientist. (laughs) So we had to look this up because... I personally missed what type of water she was talking about, but luckily Meg is a genius and had closed captioning on, so she was able to tell me that it was Kangen water. Yeah, and it was the only part of the show I put closed captions on for because I tried to listen and wrote down something completely different and then thought maybe closed captions would have caught it. Yeah, so this is very funny. She's like, it has a pH of 9.5. Essentially what she's claiming is like some people think that you need to keep your body super alkaline um which would mean higher on the ph scale and this water apparently has very good ph balance and is able to help to have a negative oxidation reduction potential which is for basically having like free radicals I'm going to be honest, this whole thing is total bullshit. (laughs) No. (laughs) All of it. I'm so sorry. Damn it. (laughs) In my opinion. (laughs) I mean, offhand, I do take your opinion more seriously than this random woman. Um, But I think the question is, did anybody else believe her? Did she get what she wanted to out of the show? I mean, we Googled it. So maybe she got a little something from it. But if you're going to promote something on a show, enunciation, because we almost missed it. Okay, Kelly, I want to, I'm going to say something to you and I want you to tell me how you feel afterwards. Okay. You have 
beautiful eyes and beautiful lips and lovely hair and your style is wonderful. Oh my God, Nate. No, no, I said that to you. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I got lost in talking about the show. (laughs) Okay, okay. Maybe Nathan wrote it and I stole a few of his lines, but it's from the heart. I really appreciate that. I'm currently wearing sweatpants that I slept in last night Mm. and a t-shirt from a brewery in Arizona. So I agree. My style is absolutely impeccable. Yeah. Yeah. But before this, I sent Kelly a photo of how hairy my sweatpants are because I too am wearing sweatpants. My cat was sitting on my lap. So (laughs) obviously I think your style is wonderful. So Nathan says this iconic, heartfelt line to Rachel. And Rachel thanks Nate and giggles. And Nate asks her for her deepest, darkest secrets. And she literally starts pretending that she's almost going to cry. Like she's acting like she's about to get so emotional over this deep, dark secret. (laughs) And she says... I don't like wearing socks. And Nate says, that's great. (laughs) I timed the pause. If you're interested in trying to guess how long you think she paused for before she answered this question. Oh, man. Um, Three seconds. Oh, oh, goodness. No, she has a 12 second. Oh, my God. (laughs) Nathan asking her what her deepest, darkest secret is and her answering that she doesn't like wearing socks. Uh, I mean, if someone asks you for your deepest, darkest secret, that's not something you have like ready, ready to go. You got to reflect and think about it and come up with whatever bullshit you're going to say on TV. (laughs) That still makes it sound like a secret, but you're not actually going to tell people your personal life, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just so funny because that's like one of the most monotonous things I could probably think of. Yeah, yeah. Do you like wearing socks? So, this is a hard question. Why is this not a (laughs) yes or no question? (laughs) Maybe this is a deep, dark secret for me. Um... My feet get super cold. I have really bad circulation. So I was wearing socks, but recently I purchased a really fancy pair of slippers and now I'm a big slipper person and my slippers are UGG slippers, not sponsored. Very nice. Um, (laughs) Maybe this water brand will uh, sponsor us. Maybe we can start promoting LAX. Oh, actually, if the Kangen Water people want to sponsor us, I'll take back what I said earlier. <laughs> okay, be aware. We will edit this out of the pod. You have two days. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought these slippers, and they're like sheepskin, and you're not supposed to wear them with socks, apparently. So I don't wear socks with them. Yeah. How about you? I like slippers. I like slides. I'm more of a, especially now that we're just at home. Because normally, of course, you wear socks. You're at work during the day. Um, I've been working from home for how long has it been? Nine months? Too long. Something really long. And it's like, okay, at first I would wear socks. And now all hell has broken loose. Shit has hit the fan. I just kind of have a blanket normally. So I tuck my little feet into the blanket and have it on my lap and I do my work. So I definitely wear socks way less because I would wear them to work or to the gym 
But at home, like, there's no point. I think also, so for people who don't know, in Canada, we do not wear shoes in our homes. I know that in the U.S. that's kind of a thing that a lot of people will wear shoes in their house. It's literally insane to wear your shoes in the house. Like, that is one of the most common things you hear about America, and it really gets me every time of, why the hell would you want to... Sorry. Why the hell would you want to keep your shoes on all the time? That's insane. That's like, oh man, that baffles my mind. It's one of the most ludicrous things I've ever heard. I, I may be a sock person, but I am certainly not a shoe person. So walk it back for our uh, over 50% of our <laughs> listeners are Americans. <laughs> If, if a single American tells me that since quarantine and they've stayed at home, if any of them put on shoes and walk around their house, that is insane. That's insanity. Now that they're at home, there's no way. There's no way people keep their shoes on if they don't go out. It's only if you're going to someone else's house, right? I guess. If anyone from America is still listening, we will move right along to the next segment. Yeah, I said it. So then we cut to Nathan doing a magic trick for one of the women. Now, Nathan worked as a magician um, when he was a teenager, and he was very into magic, especially between the ages of 13 and 18. He also worked at a magic shop, and he is currently a member of the Magic Castle in Los Angeles, which is... baller as fuck if you ask me that's so cool wait that is so fun isn't that insane to be a member of the magic castle is actually incredibly cool i want to be a member of the magic castle how do we get in on that of course you do of course you do i am friends with one magician i will say and he's very popular people love him he's just like a fun guy to be around i met him on a cruise his name is bill cook and He just did a bunch of really cool magic tricks uh, for a bunch of us. I was like a teenager at the time and he was just like a really nice guy and we're Facebook friends. And it's really cool to just like kind of keep tabs on his career. He was on Penn and Teller Fool Us. And I feel like magicians are always just like the sweetest people and they're really great with their personal skills because they always have to ask like the audience and like do small talk and like have the courage to walk up to random people on the street and be like, look, I'm going to guess what card you're thinking of and be fine with that. Like, they're just cool people. Damn. I, oh gosh, I was looking into the Magic Castle just now and apparently there's been some controversy recently with the Magic Castle. Ruh-ro. The LA Times recently, um, just in December of 2020, did an article talking about how they interviewed 12 people who were guests and former employees accusing Magic Castle management staff, performers, and academy members of a variety of abuses, including sexual assault, harassment, and discrimination on the basis of race or gender. Whoa. Whoa. This is like some dark, seedy Magic Castle shit. Yeah, that's terrible. I hope that they get their shit together and start treating people with decency and... That's terrible for any of the employees that were there. Yeah, if there's any um, aspiring podcasters out there who want to do a big deep dive, I would 100% listen to a podcast uh, detailing this this stuff going on at Magic Castle because it sounds crazy. So following our little magic break, we do get what what is probably one of my favorite little exchanges 
in the episode where Nathan is talking to a woman and she asks if Nathan rides motorcycles and Nathan responds that no, he doesn't, but he is a bit of a bad boy. Whoa. What a line. Kelly, do you like the bad boys? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You asked that question and like every guy I've ever been linked to like popped into my brain and (laughs) the the short answer Literally none of them. No, absolutely. (laughs) I am not into the bad boys. Though I am into the quote-unquote bad boys if Nathan is considering himself a bad boy. Yeah, mainly the guys that I've dated have been similar to Nathan, I would say. So they're deep in conversation, and Laius decides that she's going to lean in and try to give Nathan a kiss. But he sees this kiss coming, and he backs away. And he explains, oh, okay, this might be moving a bit too fast for me. We've only been talking a few minutes. And she kind of pauses and says, oh, okay. And then he stops, he closes his eyes, and he kind of leans back in as if to kiss her. So then she decides to go in again to kiss him. And he, like, backs up and is like, no, 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 like, we need to take things slower. And this must have just been the most awkward moment of her life. I'm so proud of her for going in the second time. Like, that's got to be such an ego shutdown to have someone, like, back away like that. Oh, man, that must have been really, really hard. Um, And it, like, so confusing. It's like, I can't tell if he wants to kiss me or not. I don't know. Mixed signals. Um, But apparently, yeah, definitely mixed signals. But... Nathan, after this, has the realization that a woman was willing to try to kiss him and that these women are all interested in him. And he now has gained his confidence and he doesn't have to do crazy stunts to get women to like him, um, like rent a $5,000 per night mansion with a TV crew. So he decides to gather all the women and tell them that the show is over because now he has his confidence. So while all the women are saying like, oh, that's nice, um, LA chirps in and says like, are you sure you really got what you needed? You really had your fear met? And it's a general consensus that the girls are proud of Nathan for moving on and feeling this way. And I guess that's all you really can say when you're being filmed for TV. Yes. And Nathan also realizes, you know, I need to apologize to Anthony because I spilled his secret to the women. So he brings out Anthony and is like, hey, I told them all that you had a threesome with two men. I just want to say sorry. And Anthony's like, wait, that's not what I told you. And that's not what happened. But he doesn't deny that it was a threesome with two men. He just is kind of like, that's not what I said. So will we ever truly know who his threesome was with? I don't think we will. And as the women say, does it matter? I mean, I would like to know. Um, Does it matter? Maybe not. But uh, Anthony Napoli returns in the future, and he has a few things to say about this, so maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more then. Um, 
And maybe at that point we can discuss who we truly think his threesome was with. Yes. And I do like that he says, um, you know, Nathan says, you're a great guy. And Anthony says, from what you know of me. And then there's a little exchange (laughs) where they're like, wait, so are you a good guy or not? And he's like, well, from what you know of me, I'm a good guy. It's a super weird move when someone's trying to compliment you to be like, eh, that you know of. But it's very, very funny. Yeah, Anthony, just take the compliment. It's okay. He could not. Um, So after that, I guess we kind of dissolve this show. I'm a little heartbroken. We didn't have a rose ceremony and we didn't get to see how all this played out. Um, Which woman do you think would have been best suited for Nate? That's tough because we don't get all of their names. We only really get like Rachel, um, Emily, Laius, Lauren, and Zoya. So I don't know if any of those ones I would necessarily ship with Nathan. I might say maybe Zoya because she was pretty funny when she's like, oh, I'll say I love you so that I don't get eliminated. I think I like Laius the best. I think... Nathan uh, could be the bad boy of her dreams. Maybe he can learn to ride a motorcycle. She can really bring out his adventurous side and make him laugh. And, you know, he might not be the boldest man, but she'll take on the bold role. And I I ship. Fair enough. And Legas actually has a pretty prolific acting career on, uh, on her IMDb, if we want to get into all of those. Absolutely. Yeah, so Legas, I just was looking through because I saw basically everyone's name and was clicking on them to see what other people might have been in. And she is in four or five things that are coming up in 2021. So that's pretty awesome for her. She was on a TV series called Metropolitan Detective. She was in the show Heart of Dixie. So she's really just been all over the place. Yeah, there's some fairly successful actors and actresses that that we see like almost every episode so far in the IMDb credits, there's been one person on the cast that has gone on to have a decent amount of film and uh, notoriety in some, in some form. Good for her. Good for you, Laius Pedroso. We, we stan. And a couple other people who have been in some other works. Um, we have, Rachel, who her name is actually Amanda, but for whatever reason she goes by Rachel in this episode. She was in Community. She was in CSI and a couple like TV movies. So there you go. Can you be on a reality dating show and be an actress and be there for the right reasons? It's hard to say. I mean, it's not like she had super prolific roles in any of these shows. Like, she was fantasy girl number three in a TV series. Yeah, she probably was not there for the right reasons. Damn, maybe I picked Nathan the wrong match already. (laughs) (laughs) Do we want to go through Tony's filmography? Absolutely. Yes, a thousand percent. So he doesn't have anything like too, too crazy, but he wasn't an episode of It's Always Sunny, which I am a big fan of that show. So I was excited to see that. What what does he do on It's Always Sunny? So he was in the episode The Gang Gets Whacked Part 2. He was businessman number two. 
Not even businessman number one. No, and he wasn't even in part one of the episode. Very disappointing. No, that's really mean. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure he's doing great. He has an adorable kid. Uh, we looked him up on Instagram. He seems very happy. He has a contractor business now. So he's getting into like the building game. So good for him. I could picture him as a real estate agent. Oh, he would be a great real estate agent. I would trust him to show me the best spots. Yeah, yeah. I think that that might be uh, a good route for him to go. I don't think there's really too, too much else to talk about with the hunk section. Um, We didn't really get into our friend LA, but I did creep on Lauren Ashley's YouTube to see some of her videos, and she has a bunch of singing videos. She's still doing the Christian rock thing. I could not find if her album ever dropped, unfortunately, so don't know about that. We don't know about LAX. Yeah, from what I can tell, she mainly just does stuff on YouTube, Um, but she has a vlog, which I, just the title alone, I don't know, it's very funny. It's SeaWorld San Diego vlog, but then in brackets, emotional. (laughs) Did you watch it? Is it emotional? Unfortunately, the video is filmed in vertical on a phone, and I am strongly against filming videos in vertical, so I'm not going to be able to get through it. But it looks like she was emotional because she got to see killer whales and she loved Free Willy. But like, girl, have you not seen Blackfish? (laughs) Like, I think we're we're pretty anti-SeaWorld, aren't we? Yeah, I I would be comfortable saying we are an anti-SeaWorld podcast. In case you're wondering our stance on a few issues this episode, um, we don't wear shoes indoors, into our house at least, and we don't like SeaWorld. So I think that about wraps it up for this episode. It was a very fun one. We love the hunk. If you want to tell us who you think was on the show for the right reasons or who maybe wasn't on the show for the right reasons, feel free to hit us up on Twitter or on Instagram DMs. We are at Nathan for us pod. And we definitely want to go through and shout out some of our pals who gave us reviews. So Meg, do you want to do the Canada ones first? Okay, our newest review from Canada is, thanks for doing this. Very fun podcast. Megan and Kelly are doing an awesome job. I know what I'm talking about because I graduated from a top Canadian business school with really good grades. Okay, maybe the grades weren't that good, but the graduation part is true. Thanks for giving me a few laughs during this crazy COVID time. I look forward to your podcasts and a reason to rewatch this brilliant show. And this is BTP-Toronto. Um, oh my goodness, so nice. It's so fun to read reviews. Um, we can only see the ones from Canada and America. So if you want to write us a review, just send us a screenshot of what you write wherever you are. Um, we did get an Instagram DM. And someone named Isaac wrote us a little review there as well. So he wrote, as a fan of Nathan for you since its inception, I cannot tell you how good it feels to finally listen to someone else appreciate what is, in my opinion, the funniest show ever. I have tried for many years to get my friends into the show, but most of them bounce off it pretty quick and I'm not one to be pushy. 
Listening to Megan and Kelly talk about the episode is not only fun as their appreciation of the show matches mine, but also informative as they point out smaller details I have missed, as well as checking in on the current status of the many businesses featured on the show. Nathan for us is, for me, like the conversation you have with your friends where you all gush over how good something is. It's comfortable and funny, and it's making me love my favorite show even more. Thank you, Megan and Kelly, and greetings from Norway. Ah, Isaac. Isaac rocks. This is so lovely. We do have a couple more on the American side as well. So I know my friend Josh wrote a review who said he was the ultimate Kelly White stan, which, wow. Please, if anyone wants to feed my ego, I will always accept it. Um, Julia, um, thanks, Julia, for writing a review, and Kyle for writing a review. And then we also got a couple from Hey Rocker. Thank you so much um, for saying my Russell Hans impression should get an Oscar. And thank you to GJGIVFR Anon for the reviews. So exciting. Um, Please, if you like what we're putting out, we would love if you would just toss us a review and five stars on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show out, and it just makes us feel good to see that there's people listening and that there's other people who love this show as much as we do. Yeah, it gives me all the warm fuzzies, and it just makes me so happy. It's honestly like the greatest thing ever. I didn't know very many people who also listened and watched um, Nathan for You before this, and it's been really fun to meet other fans and to chat with people who are really passionate about something you also love, and it's just a great rewatch during quarantine. Yeah, and I think that's all we've got for today. This has been Kelly and Megan on your side.